This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Warning. This episode contains scenes that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. In the 80s and early 90s, Pablo Escobar and other well-known drug lords caused an instability similar to a war, not only in Medellín, but in nearly all of Colombia. This period of narco-terrorism left a trail of pain that its victims still suffer from. The Inflexión Memorial Park has 46,612 holes. Each one represents a victim of narco-terrorism in Colombia between 1983 and 1994. One of those small holes represents Captain Humberto Coral Caballero, a memorial for this victim, one of the thousands who lost their lives in this war. Among so many deaths, the majority are often not remembered, especially not as heroes. Here, Jennifer Coral, Beto's sister. Aquí en Colombia han sacado muchos, sacan muchos homenajes, sacan muchos documentales. Hacen homenajes, hacen series, hacen todo por ciertos personajes. Here in Colombia, they have made many tributes, documentaries, they make series, they do everything for certain people. But my dad has never, ever been mentioned in the history of Colombia. In fact, many people ask me about people they might know the story about, but not because I tell them, but maybe because they follow my brother and they ask me, what happened to your dad? They ask me, so I tell them. But they say, oh, your dad wasn't in this thing or that thing. No, no. I mean, he was super important. I mean, nothing is known. Jennifer is not mistaken. There is a Wikipedia page called Filmography on Pablo Escobar. 
On that page, you can find 33 productions, including documentaries, series, and fictional films, in which the most famous Colombian drug lord appears. O sea, mi hijo me dice, ¿por qué no le hacen más honores a mi papá? ¿Por qué nunca se menciona? ¿Por qué no está eso en la historia de Colombia? I mean, my son asked me why they don't honor my dad more, why he's never mentioned, why he's not in Colombian history. My 12-year-old son. Imagine if my 12-year-old son, who didn't live what we lived, and he said that. Jennifer, and above all, her brother Beto, have fought to prevent Captain Coral's story from falling into anonymity, into oblivion. Because the story of Pablo Escobar is known almost worldwide, But where are the anonymous heroes who helped put an end to him? Where is the thorough investigation to clarify the murder of those who did not participate in the corruption and perhaps died from it, like Captain Coral? Mi verdad y lo que yo creo es que a mi papá lo mató el propio Estado colombiano. And the truth is, I believe that my dad was killed by the Colombian state itself. According to what I know, what my brother has told me. Today I say that being more aware of the reality of what he did, that maybe he knew a lot of things at the time and maybe they wanted to silence him. In Colombia, the state insists on hiding the truth. However, society is increasingly active in demanding to know that truth. It has taken too long while people witness atrocities without really knowing what happened. Sí quisiera que en Colombia se contara las verdades bien contadas. That in Colombia they would tell the truth, the whole truth, not just the truth that's convenient to the state, not the truth that's been covered up, but the full truth about everything. This is Transportista. Who murdered Captain Coral? Episode 9. A link between suffering and hope. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. As we have reviewed in previous episodes, Colombia has been immersed in a very complex armed conflict for over six decades. Complex because it has involved multiple actors who have exerted violence against the population of their own country. Drug traffickers, guerrilla groups, paramilitaries, and even agents of the state itself. Given the complexity of the conflict, the Colombian government created a commission tasked with preparing a report that would account for the context that led to the armed conflict, as well as detailing the cases that occurred within it. The Truth Commission for Clarification of the Past, Coexistence and Non-Repetition. On June 28, 2022, the Truth Commission published its final report. It took three years and seven months, during which nearly 10,000 victims voluntarily participated in individual and collective interviews. Additionally, illegally armed groups, indigenous communities, businessmen, politicians, police officers, military personnel, and even former presidents, among others, contributed to the report. Jesuit priest Francisco de Rue, the commissioner's president, presented the report. Nunca entendieron que el orden armado que imponían sobre los pueblos y comunidades que decían protegerlo las destruía y las dejaba después en manos de los paramilitares que llegaban a acabarlas. He pointed out the violence perpetrated by different actors who tore down entire communities while ironically claiming they were there to protect them. At the ceremony, the then-president-elect Gustavo Petro also participated, but incumbent president Iván Duque was absent. Discovering the absolute truth referred to by Jennifer Coral in the previous segment has been difficult, but there are Colombians who have dedicated their lives to it. Mi nombre es María Emma Wills Obregón. Yo soy o fui durante muchos años profesora eh, en una parte de la Universidad Nacional, en otra de la Universidad de los Andes. My name is María Emma Wills Obregón. I am or was a professor for many years at one part of the National University, as well as at the University of Los Andes. I was at the Institute of Political Studies and International Relations and as a department director and associate professor in other institutions. 
Oh, and sorry, sorry, I missed a part. An important part. Maria Emma was involved in establishing the National Center for Historical Memory. It is an initiative to develop a multi-format archive of the memory of the most painful events of the armed conflict in Colombia. Y también tengo un papel, digamos, de mediadora, de articuladora institucional con la fuerza pública que quiere hacer memoria de sus víctimas. I also have a role, let's say, as a mediator, as an institutional coordinator with the security forces that want to remember their victims. So, I also know something about the memory processes undertaken by the Colombian police and army, especially. In the context of the violence that plagues our continent, memory begins to play a fundamental role. Y si uno piensa en otros países de América Latina que provienen de dictaduras, pues en ese momento también en otros países las víctimas están haciendo memoria. If we think about other countries in Latin America that come from dictatorships, well, at that time in other countries too. Victims remembered as a way to fight against impunity and to claim the dignity of their death or their missing ones. Let's put it in that way. Colombia did not come from a dictatorship. It was a democracy with many areas of opportunity, but it was not a dictatorship. However, its society had thousands of victims who wanted to tell what was happening in the conflict. Entonces, la Ley de Víctima de Justicia y Paz, que es aprobada en 2005, establece que es necesario reconstruir el conflicto, las dinámicas del conflicto armado. So, the Victims and Justice Law and Peace, which was approved in 2005, establishes the need to reconstruct the conflict the dynamics of the armed conflict. And this responsibility falls on the National Commission for Reconciliation and Rehabilitation. That commission has multiple tasks and has to reintegrate former combatants, provide reparations to the victims, and narrate the conflict. An ambitious commission with a painful but indispensable task to narrate the truth and recount the mistakes and horrors of the conflict, even if they are uncomfortable for the state. Lo que ocurre es que la ley establece la reconstrucción de las dinámicas del conflicto armado, sobre todo en cabeza de los paramilitares y de los actores ilegales. The law establishes the reconstruction of the dynamics of the armed conflict, especially focusing on the paramilitaries and illegal actors. But it does not mention the Colombian state with equal force. What the group does is appropriate those articles and expand the group's mission. And so the group begins to reconstruct the dynamics of the armed conflict including all of the actors, not ignoring the role that the state has played in the Colombian conflict, but on the contrary, including that role. Because the Colombian state also committed atrocities in its mission to eradicate illegal subversive groups. Let's remember the Villatina massacre, in which a group of 12 hooded policemen killed nine people in Medellin. And there were many more incidents like that. 
In order to include the state as a participant in the armed conflict, another law was approved in 2011, the Victims and Land Restitution Law. This is a change of fundamental focus, and that makes victims of the state, victims of the paramilitaries, victims of the guerrillas, That is a fundamental change in perspective. It allows the victims, the victims of the state, the victims of the paramilitaries, the victims of the guerrillas, to enter into that law and be recognized by it. And also, the state enters not only as a victim of the conflict, but also as a participating actor in the armed conflict. Because this participation of the state is particularly difficult to define. Parte de lo que hace un conflicto armado es borrar la complejidad. Part of what an armed conflict does is erase complexity. Erase the complexity of actors, alliances, and dynamics, and establish a view of good and evil. A very binary view where, for some, the state is a bad guy and pure citizens are the good ones. For others, the guerrilla is the bad one, and the state is the good one. This binary perspective explained by Maria Emma Wills is also reflected in how the Truth Commission was received. Some defended as a democratic process to achieve peace, but some rejected. It is a matter that generates deep feelings in a divided and wounded society due to such a bloody conflict. And just as some consider the state as good or bad in black and white terms, talking about the state as a homogeneous force where everyone thinks the same is also risky. Like everywhere else, you can find everything. Hay un sector así que reconoce que es necesario democratizar al país y sus instituciones, pero hay otros sectores supremamente autoritarios, verticales. There is a sector that recognizes the need to democratize the country and its institutions. Still, there are other supremely authoritarian vertical sectors that basically defend a very authoritarian view of order. Yes. So, I believe that understanding the role of the security forces in the armed conflict requires those nuances. An example of this is the peace agreement with the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, People's Army, or FARC-EP, one of the most feared and bloodthirsty guerrilla groups in the armed conflict. After four years of negotiations in Havana, Cuba, the Colombian government and FARC signed an agreement for the demobilization of this guerrilla group with a series of conditions. The FARC is now a political party, a decision that continues to polarize Colombian society. According to Maria Emma, the Truth Commission was created to continue the peace process. It's a way of understanding the context in which the armed conflict was possible and clarifying those episodes of violence that characterized it. La comisión escuchó a las víctimas de todas las regiones, buscó pues ponerse en contacto y hacer también diálogos de verdad en las regiones. The commission listened to the victims from all regions. 
It sought to make contact and also have truthful dialogues in the regions. In some cases, it also brought perpetrators face to face with victims and made them account for their actions. It was not an easy task. Try to imagine it, gathering thousands of people from all corners of the country to talk about what traumatized them for life. It is a process that obviously evokes strong emotions, and while some approve it, there are those who reject it. As difficult as this process was, in Colombia, the Reconciliation Initiative rounds were achieved and the Truth Commission published their final report. In the 11 volumes that make it up, chilling figures were published. For example, 450,664 people lost their lives. 16,238 cases of forced recruitment of children and teenagers were registered. There are 4,884 civilian victims affected by landmines and 1,294 were victims of sexual violence, among others. However, the Truth Commission was also rejected by more conservative sectors in Colombia, such as former President Álvaro Uribe, who said, the Truth Commission has a license to lie. For María Emma Wills, the presentation of this report is essential because pone en escena y encapsula el sufrimiento vivido en Colombia durante tantos años a través de la voz de las víctimas. It brings to the forefront and encapsulates the suffering experienced in Colombia for so many years through the voices of the victims. But it also highlights the efforts being made to overcome the armed conflict. It's like a link between suffering and hope. It's like a bridge to say, look, this suffering has not been in vain because now we recognize what we have experienced. And that recognition allows us to think about the future differently and think about what should not be repeated in this country to break free from the cycles of violence. Cycles of violence that, unfortunately, are still active and ongoing. Because the armed conflict has not completely ended in Colombia, there are still active guerrilla groups like the ELN. Paramilitary groups are still present. And, obviously, drug trafficking still exists. These cycles of violence have involved different actors, as in the case of Captain Coral's murder. There was a combination of factors that made this tragic outcome possible. Let's remember. According to Beto, a police officer named Luz Maria Arboleda Maso deceived Captain Coral into going out with her on the night of April 21, 1994. And in collusion with other men who assaulted him, they shot him three times, ending his life. Days after the murder, the police washed the car in which they intercepted Captain Coral, thus erasing substantial evidence. Luz Maria Arboleda, 
the mysterious woman attended Captain Coral's funeral but quickly disappeared. Cuando la fui a abordar, la señora se fue. La señora desapareció. When I went to approach her, the lady left. She disappeared. ¿Tú qué le querías decir o, o cuál era tu intención? And what did you want to ask or what were you trying to do? Yo quería, o sea, yo creo que lo primero que uno tiene cuando estas personas fallecen. In other words, I think the first thought one has when people die is to ask how, why, what happened. That was what I wanted to ask her. But it didn't happen. I did not have the chance. The authorities confirmed to the Coral family that she had died, but Beto Coral discovered years later that she was still alive. He found her on social media and tried to get in touch with her, but she blocked him. Sí, cometí ese error. Le escribí. Le dije, hola Luz Mari, mi nombre es Humberto Coral, soy el hijo del mayor de la policía, Humberto Coral. Yes, I made that mistake. I sent a message to her. And I said, hi Luz Mari, my name is Humberto Coral, I am the son of the police major, Humberto Coral. I want to talk to you. And I never got a response. Then I found her on Instagram. She ended up blocking me on all social media. Upon receiving the judicial file of the case, Beto learned that she had fired a fourth shot that none of the witnesses heard. She tested positive for gunshot residue, confirming that she had fired a weapon. This led Beto to conclude that she had participated in his father's murder. The file indicated inconsistencies in Luzmari's testimony but she was not called again to testify and that lead was never pursued. La señora evidentemente le disparó a alguien y ese alguien estoy completamente seguro que fue a mi papá. Evidently that woman did fire at someone and I'm certain that someone was my dad. I've determined that Mrs. Luz Maria Arboleda Maso, a member of the police with the help of those men, murdered my father. According to Beto's own investigations, before being murdered, Captain Coral planned to expose his superior in the search block, Colonel Hugo Aguilar, for stealing hidden stashes of money or drugs belonging to the drug lord Pablo Escobar. Bueno, esa respuesta se, con se contesta sola. La relación que tendría con la muerte de mi papá. Well, that answer speaks for itself. The relationship that he would have with my father's death dates back to a statement made by a police officer in which he claims that Major Hugo Aguilar ordered my father's murder because of the complaints he wanted to make about the caletas that Aguilar seized and did not properly report to the national police. Over time, Hugo Aguilar faced justice for his involvement in paramilitary activities but he completed his sentence in 2022 and is now free in Colombia. On the other hand, according to Beto's inquiries, Luz Maria Arboleda Maso is also free and living in the United States. Despite the evidence that Beto has publicly presented, the case crossed the statute of limitations in 2014 and remains unsolved and closed. Beto has dared to speak publicly, to make brave accusations, and for this, he received threats that forced him to leave his country and to seek asylum in the United States. Beto was not part of the Truth Commission's tables, 
but 10,000 other people came forward to tell everything. Entonces la comisión lo que hace es, si se quiere darle un empujón más a una ola histórica, una fuerza histórica, que es muy impresionante porque la guerra ha sido fatal en este país muy feroz. So what the commission does is, if you will, give an extra push to a historical wave. This historical force is very impressive because the war has been devastating and fierce in this country. But amidst that ferocity, the citizenry has organized itself. Well, a part of the citizenry has organized itself. And a part of the institutional framework and pro-democracy political sectors have allied themselves with this great force so that things don't remain in total impunity. I know we have problems, but I also acknowledge those struggles. Individual and collective struggles to progress and build bridges that lead to peace in Colombia. We'll be back with more after a break. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. As mentioned in the previous segment, the Truth Commission published its final report almost a year ago, in June 2022. Catalina Sánchez Escobar, the lawyer and scholar who explained the metaphor of the black boxes through which the Colombian state keeps secrets that could get them into trouble, explains. El 28 de junio la Comisión para el Esclarecimiento de la Verdad entregó su informe final y justamente el narcotráfico tiene un capítulo importante en ese informe. On June 28, 
The Truth Commission delivered its final report, and precisely, drug trafficking has an important chapter in that report. And let's say that part of their recommendations first gives us a narrative about the relationship that drug trafficking had with armed conflict, how it permeates and infiltrates all social, economic, and political spheres of Colombia, but also a series of recommendations. And within those recommendations, it will be very difficult because it acknowledges that acknowledging mistakes is costly, especially when it entails human rights violations and the infringement of people's dignity. That is to say, when the state itself is involved in human rights violations, when state actors like those whom Beto points out as the ones responsible for his father's murder remain free. They remain free, taking advantage of the institutional black boxes that continue to cover up their secrets. Acá tenemos unos eslabones perdidos en esa cadena y nos va a costar mucho tiempo porque pues, la construcción de memoria es voluntaria y espontánea. Here we have some missing links in that chain, and it will take us a long time. Why? Because the construction of memory is voluntary and spontaneous, and we have to depend on the will of many people and, above all, institutions. This is precisely why the Truth Commission's report is important, because it helps advance processes of justice, of preventing certain cases from remaining in impunity. Trusting that victims and perpetrators speak about what they know. Y en Colombia, tarde, pero la memoria se va construyendo. Entonces, ese informe es importante. Apenas lo estamos entendiendo. In Colombia, it may be late, but memory is being built. So that report is important. We are just beginning to understand it. The idea is for processes of socialization and education so that we understand what it is about. Especially because some people still don't even know who the commission was and what it did to come and talk about the report now. To prevent people who have information of interest to the victims from staying silent. Because some do not see the present in such an optimistic way, like Beto and Jennifer Coral. Pues yo creo que, que cada vez es peor. O sea, cada vez siento que cada vez eh, se calla más a la gente. Well, I believe that it's getting worse every time. I mean, I feel that people are being silenced more and more. There's more silence every time. And about these times, I feel like we're still the same. We still have the same violence. It's still the same and nothing has advanced. And I don't see anything happening for us to move forward. Jennifer is not the only one in the family who does not see, with optimism, that drive for change in the context of the peace processes that currently takes place in Colombia. Lo que es claro es que, es que la muerte de mi papá y la muerte de toda esa cantidad de policías no ha servido para absolutamente nada. What is clear is that my father's death and the death of all those police officers has served absolutely no purpose. And the only way to stop this bloodshed is by changing that view on drugs, which I detest. But I detest even more the stupidity of the world trying to fight it with blood and fire. And above all, those deaths are only in our countries. So, 
it was all for nothing. My father's death was also in vain. In cases of human rights abuses, victims can receive reparations. But despite legislative reforms that acknowledge the participation of the Colombian state in the armed conflict and also acknowledge that they were involved in human rights abuses, Beto and his family have not received any form of reparation, neither symbolic nor economic. The state also abandoned them in the pursuit of justice and did nothing to clarify and punish Captain Coral's murder. However, Beto continues to fight, perhaps from exile, but he is increasingly active on social media and other platforms to prevent impunity in his father's case and to seek justice in many other cases in Colombia. In the next and final episode of Transportista, Who Murdered Captain Coral?, you will hear a different episode, a conversation to learn more about Beto Coral. Transportista, Who Murdered Captain Coral?, is a production of Exile Content Studio and Detective in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network and is hosted by me. Álvaro Céspedes. Production by Diego Olivares and Álvaro Céspedes with the help of Sabine Jansen, Ana Isabel Octavio, Verónica Hernández, Reynolds Gutiérrez and Stella Emmett. Written by Álvaro Céspedes. Edited by Carmen Graterol. Fact-checking by Desiree Yepes. Adaptation to English by Magali Stransky. Thanks to the voice actors who contributed in this episode. Beto Coral is Horacio Mancilla. Jennifer Coral is Andrea Ceballos. Maria Emma Wills is Paulina García Fontes. Teresa Cifuentes is Carmen Graterol. And Catalina Sánchez Escobar is Verónica Hernández. Executive producers are Carmen Graterol, Rose Reed, Isaac Lee, and Diego Enrique Osorno. Sound design by Hugo Mendoza and Gonzalo Messi. Original music by Sebastián León. Daniel Batista oversees audio at Exile Content Studio. Our executive producers at iHeart are Giselle Bances and Arlene Santana. Research by Meño Larios and Emma Friedland. Production supervision by Julio González. Created by Diego Enrique Osorno. For more podcasts, listen to the iHeart Radio app or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The views and opinions expressed in this episode do not represent the producing companies and are solely the product of Franklin Humberto Coral Garrido's own investigations, known as Beto Coral. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.